Copy, shift boss. Okay, radio check. Yeah, radio's working fine. Yeah, copy all personnel. Yeah, copy, mate. There's a chair in the vet bag. Yeah, stitch her up there, thanks, mate. Yeah, right, hey, copy that. Right, g'day, Marty Miners. Welcome to today's news, Wednesday, 12th of April. Now, look, before I start, I just wanted to uh, say something. There was some tragic news yesterday. There was a someone, a bloke passed away at Sunrise Dam, uh, a medical, medical episode, it said. Uh, doesn't appear to be a mining accident, but look, I just wanted to mention, mention that. My thoughts, condolences to all the family, friends, workers, uh, and a special, I guess, a shout out to all the workers at Sunrise Dam. Look after yourselves and your workmates and stick together. I'm sure it's a very tough time they're going through there. So, look, thoughts from all of myself and the money of mine crew. So, lads, today we have got uh, Westgard. We've got a, our first special guest come on. Uh, Wayne Bramrell, Managing Director of Westgard. So they've released a pre-quarterly today. Wayne's going to come on to uh, have a chat, provide a bit of additional insight. We're going to drill him with a few questions. Really appreciate it. We've got Latin Resources. Uh, they've got their drilling results for Lithium Project in Brazil, and JD's going to unpack that, unpack that company as a Lithium Project, and Trav's going to go in deep with Essential Metals, who are being acquired by IGO and Tianchi for their Lithium Project, 130K south of Cal. JD, Trav, gents, how are we? And Trav, you've, with, Trav's mum is going off because Trav asked me how I am after I ask how he is. How are you, Trav? I'm good. I'm, I'm making a point to say good today um, or I can say well however yeah mum shout out to you uh, I'm taking on your feedback to actually answer Maddie's question when he asks how I am so you can't just answer that one with a with another question is that the trick <laughs> <laughs> is that like Trav trying to assert his dominance or something it's, it's, it's deflection like, I will ask the question <laughs> it's, it's something like that I reckon <laughs> yeah well I, you know if it was a mining question I would I would ask you a question back if I didn't actually know the answer however I did know how I was feeling that day I just uh, didn't answer yeah, JD, what's Goss cover? I'm excited to be here, mate. You, as I said, you've been. Uh, your missus says you're talking a bit more bogan. Yeah, it sort of happens. Just hanging out with you guys too much, I reckon. <laughs> Me specifically, <laughs> the bloke from Leonora. Yeah, Broads, Broads has noticed a few more f bombs coming out of my mouth lately too, mate. So I think that is your influence. Oh, I think, but I think the missus reckons I've reduced mine. So you boys are well. I think we're finding a little equilibrium. Evening it out, huh? Yeah, no, finding it's a good, good balance. It's good. Now, look for the YouTube subscribers. Thanks for subscribing. We've. Uh, just a note, we've, we're doing a bit, going a bit of a different approach. We're going to s- split the episode up into clips. So there's going to be a, pl- a clips playlist uh, on the YouTube channel. So you want to look for each individual story. You'll find them as clips in there. And then there's the full interview playlist that has the full show, which has smack talk like we're doing right now. So that's how the YouTube thing's going to be happening. Pardon me. But um, let's get into it. Right, we've uh, got a special guest, our first ever special guest on Money of Mine that's dialed in. And uh, look, we've gone straight to the top. I'd like to thank uh, Phil Wilding from uh, Westgold Resources for teeing this up for us. Wayne Bramwell, MD of Westgold. How are you, Cobber? Morning, guys. Well done. I've been listening to your podcast. I'm, I'm loving the colour and personality that you guys are bringing to that 
uh, medium. Oh, that's great feedback. Ooh, appreciate appreciate you hear that. Beautiful, mate. We're always glad to know someone's bloody listening to it. So your announcement today with your quarterly production results and seeing you uh, trending towards upper level of guidance for FY23. Mate, well done on, I guess, the West Gold turnaround, the cash. You're in a great cash position. We've got a few few questions to fire at you today from the Money of Mine team. Look, what have been the big, aside from the elevated gold price, I guess the operational drivers behind this cash turnaround for West Gold? Look, look, thanks for that. It's been really simple. We've been on a mission here where simplicity drives efficiency, drives profitability. Last year we had quite a complicated business, a lot of moving parts. This year it's much simpler business for um, for us to manage and for the people to operate. We've gone from six underground mines plus a seventh in development last year plus open pits now to focus on four underground assets only and that simplifying the business is starting to starting to see improvements in inefficiencies and profitability. And to, to, a, to a non-miner like, like me, Wayne, what, what is, when you say you, you, you cut down the number of yep. mo- underground mines, is, is that is it, you're just getting benefits of scale there? Is it cost savings on, on diesel where it wasn't making sense before? Or what, like what drives the efficiency improvements there? Yeah, it's a really good question. It's actually both. I mean, last year, obviously, WA, COVID was still putting pressure on the workforce. We just had trying to do too much with, with too few, effectively. I mean, all those mines were understaffed certainly fully equipped but understaffed. So being able to close three mines and redeploying the equipment and the people back into four mines, all of a sudden we're starting to get some efficiencies. Um, Instead of having operating teams which were 10 or 15% short, and more often than not now they're they're fully fully staffed and fully equipped, starting to find some momentum in the business. And also what we never did in the past was really leverage our, our scale. We're really now starting to be far more um, commercial in, in how we on what we consume and, and what we buy, and we're starting to play to our strengths now, which we are a mid-tier corporate, but in some sense we were operating like lots of different individual minds which were individually um, doing their own own thing now there's a far more consistency across the organization and operating discipline is something we talk about every day Wayne the big bell expansion the announcement the study you're looking at to go deep go to the long hole open stopen method uh, below the current cave below that inconvenient dike that uh, decided to be in the ground mate could you give us a bit of a scope on that project and especially I guess how you're going to look at managing the stresses at the increasing depth look look we when we originally started to drill deeper under the cave and we started to hit this this pegmatite we were a bit concerned about what would be on the other side so is it what a, what's a lithium grade mate is there any lithium well, in it you can rip out no sadly we have assayed ah. for that like demons and it, we've we've got and there are not all lithium not not all pegmatites uh, have valuable lithium in it this one doesn't sadly so what it is going to become is pretty much has become an opportunity for us it where it is at the bottom of the cave separates the ground stress from the cave to what's underneath it. So it's actually become like, a, if you like, a crown pillar or a floor between the cave and the, and the long hole operation we propose underneath. So what we thought was a problem um, is actually become a benefit for us because it does separate the stress regimes between these two mines above and below. And so, what's the, I guess, the long-term outlook? The mm. uh, It's going to be a paste fill 
pillarless operation? Is that still the scope? Pace yeah, basically we've been running pace test work now for some time. Um, those results have just come in, so that's looking pretty good. So really keep running the cave above long hole open stope using paste underneath. So the study that we're doing now, this PFS is really quantifying how we fill it and the costs and capital associated with um, what that long hole operation will look like. Is there a time frame on when that study might be uh, getting to the end or becoming a, where a final decision will be made? Uh, uh, certainly. The plan as it is now is to have that available for board review during Q4, which we're in now. And uh, I suspect, particularly after some of the drilling we've done deeper below um, where we're currently projecting this long hole, I mean, that last drill hit 50-odd metres at five is really raising our expectations about that decision. I mean, uh, this our concerns over Big, over Big Bell are certainly diminishing and um, – that's a great place to be because this this was a, a obviously a project which has had a long history. We didn't know what was going to happen underneath the pegmatite. We've now got far more clarity over a, a much longer term mine life there. Well, it's your flagship producing asset now, um, and I guess it's all, all the hard work's paying off now. Wayne, the bankers I've got here are keen to grill you about the finance stuff, mate. I'll hand over. I'll. I'll the mining, appreciate all the mining questions. The mining questions inform the, the, the uh, finance questions, mate. Uh, no, I appreciate you, you taking the time to, to speak with us, Wayne. Uh, credit to you. And I'm, I'm pretty curious about, you, you know, this strategy is focusing on less is more. And you got it. I wonder if, if that plays into your plans, if at all, for regional consolidation, the latest mm. half year reporting you've still got shares in, in Alto and Musgrave and I assume that they were strategic interests with a bit more of a potential optionality around some regional consolidation plays. Is that is that on the burner now or how, how do you think about regional consolidation? Look, look, we've always – we keep a weathered eye on our peers in the, in the neighbourhood and clearly those investments were made at a different time when we probably had a different view of, you know, what an economic scale mine looked like. For us, the, this FY23 focus is very much about um, cash flow or free cash, putting some more fuel in the tank because I can just see broader and bigger opportunities emerging in the gold sector. I mean, the, the bottom line is when we, if you're an explorer in the in the space at the moment with between Q and Mekithara, be very hard for to get finance to build another mill. And, you know, we've currently got two large mills that are already uh, paid for and operating. So I haven't answered that very well other, other than to say that the immediate focus, free cash flow, puts some more fuel in the tank, gives us opportunities on a broader scale going into FY24. Perfect. That was so, a terrible answer. I know. No, no, that, that, that's, uh, that's, that's, that's exactly how uh, you expect the managing director to, to answer the question without <laughs> answering the question. <laughs> Sorry about you, that. You don't, you don't want to influence <laughs> markets. <laughs> you seem straight through me on that one. <laughs> I, think, oh, I was being cheeky asking it. <laughs> I heard the Liberal Party's looking for a, a new leader. Wayne, Are they know? still a thing? I don't yeah. know. <laughs> well, I think the, the free cash flow idea does fly on well to, to what I'm going to ask you about. Um, so just want to hear whether there's sort of plans you've put out to market regarding CapEx as that's sort of sure. looking to come down over the, the next financial year and how that looks over, say, the next two or three financial uh, years and flowing on from there, what that sort of looks like with regards to uh, dividend policy or capital distributions in whatever form. Okay, let, let me unpack that a little bit. Um, a couple of the previous financial years, FY21, 22, you know, West Gold were, had 
capital expenditures of you know north of 150 million dollars for each of those financial years you know we're sort of guiding towards sort of 60 for this year and it sort of shows a maturing of the assets and it's a it's a key point in comparison to some of our our peers um, we don't have deep mines we don't have mines that are 1.5 kilometers deep our mines are shallow are reasonably young um, we're fully equipped. So mobile fleet, you know, we've got 131 pieces of heavy underground gear, which we own. Um, we don't have massive expenditure plan for the next couple of years. So I certainly won't guide towards capital for FY24 and 25, other to say that the days of, think, of us being north of 150 are behind us. The assets don't have had significant investment over the last couple of years, and we're starting to get the benefit for those investments now. Um, dividend policy, we did pay a dividend in FY21. I think we paid two cents fully franked. Um, would like to, to do that again. I think if we're successful, you know, it's only fair to if to provide some more returns to the shareholders. So long-term, the policy is 30% of our net profit after tax at full board discretion. But again, at the moment, um, that would be a, a first-world problem to have, to have a big pile of – to be sitting on a big pile of cash that we have optionality over – uh, acquisitions or investment in things like Great Fingal or expanding Big Bell or Bluebird faster or giving some back to the shareholders. So uh, that's where we're trying to get to, get to a point where we can have those discussions about what are we going to do with all this cash. Great. Thank I've got, you. I've got one more um, one more question. And, and in the last couple of days, Wayne, we've seen a few uh, companies, they put out these um, quarterly production announcements but it comes sure. before the actual quarterly and, yeah. and i think our, our listeners would would be would probably appreciate just the insight um as to the rationale when when you're thinking about you know releasing these production numbers to the market before the actual quarterly comes out sure. what, what what drives a decision like that internally it, look, it's a fantastic question and we've had this sort of corporate model and we're no different than others whereby in my mind, you make the shareholders sweat for a month after the end of the quarter because it takes some time to get the um, financials together. I think it, in some sense it takes a lot of stress out of the process for shareholders and management as well because you know you can reconcile your production within two to three days um, well, maybe five days towards the end of the month. So going early allows the analyst to get on top of your production sooner. It takes a lot of the stress or, and the anxiety of waiting another 26 to 30 days before your financials come. And from my perspective, it's just a step in trying to be more transparent with what we do here. Try and keep a regular news flow, you know, um, front up, good or bad, as quickly as you can every quarter. We set up these analyst calls and shareholder calls now whereby the Q&A function is is we're getting really strong engagement with, and that's just building building trust in the stock because people see us communicating better with the with the shareholders in the market. Well, Wayne, mate, we're going to make a t-shirt for you since you're the first uh, first MD to dial in the history of the podcast, mate. Look, if we make the big time, that's going to be your claim to fame. We <laughs> surpass your MD role at Westgold, I think, mate. So we can't tell you how much we appreciate you coming on for a yarn, mate. And Wayne, my uh, my, my my good mate. Kenny, he's been ripping into me. When are you going to talk about West God? When are you going to talk about West God? Well, Kenny, we've got Wayne on. We've taken it to a new level. <laughs> Thanks for your time, Wayne. It's a, it's a proud day for me to be number one. Happy to wear the T-shirt and get some photos of you guys, but you're going to have to use a really soft filter on my head. <laughs> to, to, mate, there's AI and stuff these days. We'll be fine. Well, mate, we'll uh, head into uh, West Perth and we'll catch you for a brew sometime, mate. Thanks very much for coming on. Keep up the great work.
Well done. Good on you, Wayne. Cheers, mate. Thanks again. See you later. All right, good on you, Wayne. What a bloody absolute cracking bloke. What an absolute gentleman. So hopefully the start of many more MDs uh, to come on the show. So I think I think we've got a medium here where an MD can come on and be relatable um, and talk to their investors just like a real person as opposed to via an ASX announcement. So we're, we're keen to facilitate more conversations like that. So reach out to us. Um, and it's bloody free. Like, what more can you offer? Oh, no, don't say that, mate. We want to charge. For the moment. <laughs> <laughs> Wayne was free. They're all free at the moment. Maybe not forever. So there we go. Let's get into Latin resources. JD, you've gone deep into deep into Brazil, mate, which is well known for its fine uh, meat and grills, but also is pumping out some lithium. Have you ever had a Brazilian barbecue? Where they, they pull the meat off the skewer and everything. I have. I think there's a good restaurant in Subi that does that sort yes, of stuff. Yes, yes. That, that would have been a good place to host this segment. But uh, anyway, that's got, I'm fasting. I'm starving. Right, JD, Latin Resources, Selena Lithi- Lithi- Selena's Lithium Project in Brazil. What's happening? Yeah, we'll just unpack this a little bit. We're by no means geologists and the, the company has come out with drill results today, but we're just going to try and put that in a bit of perspective with what the company's trying to do in Brazil. So they've come out with a few different holes, grading about 1.5% lithium oxide at their Kalina deposit. And uh, this Salinas project is based around that Kalina deposit. So that's about 13 million tonnes at 1.2% lithium oxide. But the the prospect becoming a deposit just to the west, Kalina West, has really caught the eye of a lot of people. And it's what they're testing now. So they're in the midst of a 65,000 metre drill campaign, so quite a huge one with eight rigs on site. And six of them are testing that that western area there. So the, the ge- geologists are trying to test whether that pegmatite system all holds together and they can expand upon those those 13 million tonnes. So Exact same, pretty much the exact same resource size as Mount Ida for uh, red dirt their resource and pretty similar grade, 13 million tonne at 1.2%. So give everyone a scale of how big this thing is. Yeah, so. and it's it's something I'll get into more because it's their goal to, to ultimately grow this quite a bit. So just a bit more background on Brazil. They're in the, the Minas Gerais region. No idea if I'm pronouncing <laughs> that right. Of, where's that, JD? <laughs> uh, in the middle of Brazil and that in Portuguese is actually mining related. That name comes from mining. So it's a very well-known area Rio, Vale are all in there. Centaurus and other ASX play are in that that same region there. Good infrastructure, roads, power, water availability. So a great jurisdiction for mining by all accounts. So Sigma Lithium, they've got the Grotto do Serial, again, another one I'm probably pronouncing wrong, project about 75 kilometres away. And this is a, a company that's now capped at, in Aussie dollar terms, $6 billion. They're listed in, in Canada. So just today I read um, on the, the Financial Times that the company has received final approvals. They're going to be mining this week and shipping their um, first spodumene concentrate by the end of next week or the week after. So they're, they're on the cusp of production now. I think they're a lot bigger, aren't they? They're, I think they're about an 80 million tonne resource. That's right. They're, from- they're significantly bigger. But um, interestingly, if you roll back the clock about five years, Sigma's very first resource was of a similar size to, like you said, Mount Ida, and more importantly, a similar size to what Latin Resources now has. So the plan, I think, and what a lot of investors are hoping for is that they can 
really grow that massively. So I think Sigma has provided a great precedent and obviously the the five years it's now taken in which they've grown the resource sixfold, built the processing plant, mill and everything, they're now on the cusp of production, was uh, disrupted quite heavily by COVID as well. So the plans are um, from analyst points of view and management that that five years that it took Sigma could be dramatically shortened and depending on the scale of this thing, how Kalina West turns out in the end, they could be in production by 2025. So key next steps for this company, resource upgrade. Everyone's really keen to see how this Kalina West deposit ties in with Kalina, whether it's all holding together. We've got the PFS coming out in the June quarter. The company said today they're still on track for that. DFS early 2024. And just one other thing I wanted to flag, and I think it's worth bearing in mind that a lot of the analyst reports you'll read relating to this company, are, um, they're building in a lot of expectation about growing that resource. So a lot of the, the tonnage involved, our mentioned is 20 million tonnes to 40 million tonnes. So that's about a, a threefold increase on the current resource. So for all new investors and experienced investors as well, they'll know that these stocks, when they're priced in the market, have a lot of expectations baked into them. So it might not be completely dependent on what the company comes out with, but when the expectations are high, the share price might not move quite as according to what you think, despite it being a positive announcement. So it's something I'm definitely going to follow and keen to see how, how the results play out and how they impact price. Uh, do you see him as a bit of a, I guess we're going to talk about essential metals later where you've got Albemarle that have uh, put the big takeover bid in for Lion Town. They're, they're obviously trying to source, they're sourcing raw materials to run these plants. So you've got Albemarle building a lithium hydroxide plant in South Carolina, I think. So they would be seeking uh, raw materials and South America is on their doorstep. Do you see them as... Companies like this that are heading towards production as uh, potential takeover targets? Yeah, it's a tough one. They're still at quite an early stage. And I think a lot of uh, companies that are majors that are following this story are waiting for that drilling to, to play out and see where it sort of goes from there. There's a lot of rumours that Sigma would be interested, but I think they've got a lot to focus on with their production starting this week, as I mentioned, to see before they get their hands dirty with, a, with another acquisition. I think it's that timing as well when they're going through the PFS stage. Um, I think it, it, trying to get funding during that stage until it's all very proven up. Like look at Ozgold, for instance, had studies for a while and they still can't get funding. So I think they're in that period of where it's going to be difficult to get funding until it's all proven up, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, and like you sort of mentioned with Sigma, they're coming out of that stage and they're moving toward free cash flow production once the, the CapEx has been spent now. They're going to be generating money from this week onward, you know. So for them, it would make a lot more sense, say, in a year or so's time once they've built uh, built a bit of cash in the in the bank. And, God, we've gone from gold, gold, gold to lithium, lithium, lithium today. Trav, essentially. Hang on. Hang on. West Gold's not gold. Oh, yeah, no. Sorry, well, not Previous days, but we're, do, we're doing a double bang of lithium here. So, oh, yeah, we are. Look, it could have been, as he said, if that pegmatite dike was uh, filled with lithium, imagine bloody how good that would have been for Lithium day today. Anyway, on to another lithium. We're going, we're going to your neck of the woods, Trav, in uh, Cow Gooley, 130K south. So essential metals. So... Uh, October last year, pretty sure it was. So the JV between Tianchi Lithium and IGO, which is the 
JV that owns the lithium hydroxide plant that has been built in Perth. So they put a takeover offer in for essential metals. Trav, uh, what's happening with this project, mate? Essential have put out a quarterly today and there's nothing new in this quarterly. Again, a great opportunity for us to talk about the deal and what it means more broadly though. And this this project that Essential have, it's like you said, 130 kilometers south of Kalgoorlie. Notably, it's it's in close proximity to Mount Marion and Bald Hill lithium projects. But just to give a bit of context to the money miners out there, the, the this company was a genuine penny dreadful back in September 2020. I mean, it had a market cap of $10 million. You just you wouldn't go near it. Um, and 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 now, um, you know, now you sort of look at it and and this takeover offer has an implied equity value of 136 million and that's pretty damn respectable in a, in a pretty short period of time of course they've been the beneficiary of of a fundamentally changing lithium market in the intervening time the thing that i find super interesting about this company when you compare it to, to that period of time versus this period of time is that their, their resource actually hasn't grown it's literally if anything shrunk a little bit because they're using a lower cutoff grade now, but but it's still about the same size. So so yes, they've um, brought out a study and yes, they've converted some of that in, inferred more into the indicated category to support an actual mining plan. But uh, you know, as opposed to when Jonas was talking there, it was about you know having some expectation that things would be bigger and bigger and bigger. And in, in this case, it was that was never the case. This project was was <laughs> there was nothing more than there was um, back in September 2020. And investors knew that the resource was closed off then, and it hasn't grown at all since. So it's fascinating to me that you can have um, IGO and Tianchi come in and, and and pay what they've paid what they're going to pay for for this company on a very sort of um, little change in, in in the resource itself. So. I think um, when, when, you, when you look at what IGO and Tianchi are jointly going to do here, IGO, it's their plan to manage the exploration and there's 450 kilometers of, of, of tenure here. Um, IGO, an amazing deal maker, like their M&A has been phenomenal historically and they've created so much value via their um, really forward thinking acquisitions. Exploration, not so great. So I'm not super optimistic about them finding anything new here. However, um, who knows? The other, the other one too is IGO and Tianchi's green bushes is 600 kilometers away. And, and that is genuinely the best lithium mine in the world. And it's going to keep producing lithium for another 20 years. So they didn't need to do this deal, but it signals that they want to enter a new lithium province um, and one that's a bit closer to Kalgoorlie to me. And looking ahead, the scheme meeting is on the 20th and this deal looks like it'll be implemented by May. Um, the interest from majors in these sort of much lower end of the the spectrum lithium projects especially ones that have a mineral resource there and there's not many of them that that interest has really grown substantially amid this supply concern so they correct me from refresh my memory were they talking about building a lithium hydroxide plant in and around that area to then ship down to esperance was that on the scale, or am I pulling that from somewhere else? Because like talking about where, because this is this is right near, right on the rail line to get. Um, they're, rail they're down scoping, to the scoping study contemplates um, about a two hundred and thirty odd million dollars of, of capex, and included within there is is a concentrator. Yeah, it's also something that Global Lithium, when they came out with their study about a month ago, or so had planned down to Esperance. Yeah, yeah, because I know this is – I'm pretty sure this is right on the rail line. So, um, yeah. yeah, interesting interesting times. But it's 
it seems it's another one of those cases of just literally securing raw materials for these plants and this. So anyone that's semi-ready uh, is getting a, as you said, they haven't grown the resource, but they've been taken over at a premium. So when's the takeover go through, Trav? It'll be, the, the meeting is on the 20th of this month and it'll be implemented by the 5th of May, but in, in their current documentation. Yep. Beautiful. There's a bit of lithium fix for everyone. Recap on the other news, eh? Let's do it, Matty. Let's do it. Right. Glencore stepped up the bid for its uh, takeover of tech resources. So they've added it. They've changed the format a bit. So they've added uh, US $8.2 billion in cash to the previous, compared to the previous all-in script deal of $23 billion. Newmont share price fell 2.3% overnight. So you could hypothesized that shareholders thought the latest offer for Newcrest was too high, possibly. Uh, 29 medals. They've announced results from – bloody mozzie going around my face. Uh, their 29 medals have announced results from drill program at Capricorn Copper. So in Queensland, program was uh, completed to the, the big – prior to the big weather event, uh, but had some exceptional results, 228 metres at 1.2% copper, including 36 metres at 3.9%. But that's not true width, so it looks like it's going through the, the ore body at uh, 45 degrees, so it's not a true width, just to, just to note that, but still some exceptional widths of mineralisation, which is a new ore body trend only a few hundred metres away from their existing workings. AVZ, unfortunately, remain still suspended from quotation. Meteoric Resources, they've completed the acquisition of the Caldera Clay Rare Earth Project. Now, just do yourselves a favour. Go see what Chuck Chunder on Twitter has to say about Meteoric. I won't repeat it on here. Hint. Uh, Beacon Minerals, they've produced 7,500 ounces of gold for the March quarter at a mill recovery of 89.2%. Gentlemen, that was sensational. Jeez, I'm bloody pinging after getting our first MD on. We're getting better, getting bigger. How good's that? Well, the more MDs we get on that uh, speak that uh, the listeners won't be turned away by the excruciating bogan accent of the host. <laughs> Hope they, hope, you know, that person who ever commented on that, I hope they order a coffee today. And it's cold. <laughs> that's what I say to them. You're a cruel man. Uh, that's or, or they get a rock in their shoe. That, doesn't that piss you off? Yeah. Right, guys. Cheers, money miners. Uh, and as I said, the the feeds are still balancing out. Uh, the Google Podcast feed is oh, the, it's still with the two different feeds. Spotify's all good. Apple's all good. So there is a life of mine and a money of mine. So all the old life mine stuff is still there. So I'll put up some links once it gets all sorted. It's just going through that process at the moment. JD, Trav, gentlemen, it's been a pleasure. Good work, guys. Thanks, guys. Hey, right. The information contained in this episode of Money of Mine is of general nature only and does not take into account the objectives, financial situation or needs of any particular person. Before making any investment decision, you should consult with your financial advisor and consider how appropriate the advice is to your objectives, financial situation and needs.